Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching live, please smash that subscribe, smash that like, jump on in the chat and come and join us for your instant draft analysis, instant draft reaction. This is not the last draft of the offseason. We still have one more coming up a little bit later. Longtime listeners know that we always have our uh, Cover 3 fantasy draft where we select uh, teams, not just you know players and coaches, and we get graded on their success during the season and uh, do a nice little recap at the end of the year to see how everyone does. But for the teams, so to speak, that we've been putting together across the quarterback draft, the wide receiver tight end, the pass catcher draft. We hit offensive line, defensive line, running back and linebacker in the Oklahoma drill draft. Well, now we need leaders of men, gentlemen. We need to be able to identify uh, the coaching staffs that we're putting together. So for the Cover 3 coach draft, we will have six rounds. We will be drafting a head coach, one offensive coordinator, one defensive coordinator, and three wild cards that can be position coaches, uh, other assistants, and it's uh, it, it is a fitting conclusion to draft season. So, um, Danny, you've got your oat milk shirt, you know that you're repping already. Uh, shout out to Barton Simmons. I know this is one of his one of his longtime favorite activities, and so I know that he's going to be able to uh, to circle back and either listen to this or watch this on YouTube. Um, I, Danny, you are also. Uh, first overall, like I, I don't want to have any other like, hey guys, how we been? Like we've we've got business to get to. Danny Cannell for the Cover Three Coach Draft for 2022. Are you going with a Nick Saban, a Dabo Sweeney, a Kirby Smart, a Jimbo Fisher? Are you going somewhere else? Where are you going with one one? I mean, by the way, was at Urban Outfitters with my teenage daughters yesterday. They wanted to get some stuff. And I saw this T-shirt. I was like, I had to do it. And I think, <laughs> you know, one of these years, I do think in this coaching draft, we probably will add the title of general manager to this draft. <laughs> but maybe not this year. But it will be there soon enough. And so we'll have to uh, do that years down the road. Um, I'm going to keep it simple. I'm going to go for the GOAT. I'm just going to go ahead and get Nick Saban. He's the greatest a master of talent we've seen in this modern era. He backs it up with the development. So I get I get a lot of strengths in one coach because college football, I am going to have a little bit of a different approach on the draft as a total because I do think recruiting is going to become more transactional and not as much relational. Still have to build those relationships, mm -hmm. but I got a deep 
billionaire booster in my back pocket that can buy me any recruit I want. So I'm not quite as worried about it, but I'm going to go ahead and take Nick Saban with the number one overall pick. I think it's, it's just, it's too easy. Like when I was one, I was like, oh, I don't have to wait. I don't have to do anything until my second pick. Like this, this is as easy as it gets. I mean, that that's an interesting change in strategy from last year when yeah. I had the number two pick and Danny had the number one pick and Danny did go Brian Hartline last year with the number one overall pick, which let me get Nick Saban at pick number two, which I, uh, I do remember Barton texting about that. And he, I don't think he agreed <laughs> hey. with passing on Nick Saban. With- <laughs> but ha- have my receivers done okay? They, how many, they how many draft picks did I get in the first round through Brian Hartline's, uh, you know, path there? His, his recruiting tree, coaching tree. It's pretty solid. It's, it's really solid. I, I, I think that's a smart pick, Danny. Um, yeah. Oh, we do need to lay the ground rules. You cannot use a coordinator at one of your position coach spots. Right. Just to let, and, let the and audience you know. And, and sometimes like you would think like, oh, I'll have Nick Saban as my head coach and Lincoln Riley as my offensive coordinator. That doesn't work either. Can't move backwards. You can't, can't get bumped up. Uh, it's mostly in your position for where you are in 2022. You know, we had some eligible candidates that are gone. So that, that leads to number two, which I, I think that this is an interesting question before I make my selection. How big do you think the gap is between Saban and the number two at the head coaching position? Obviously, he's one with a bullet, but is it is is the it when depends. we do our coach rankings? We, you know, we do one, two, three, four, five, and you can look at a Dabo Sweeney, a Kirby Smart. You know, you can look at uh, those other Jimbo Fisher, those other coaches that are also in the top five with Nick Saban. But for our purposes, do you think there's a big gap between Nick Saban and the next best uh, head coach available? depends on how you view the question like if you're talking career-wise yes if you're talking this year no for 2022 you think that there's not much of a gap between nick saban and the next best coach no okay well i think there is so i'm going larry johnson defensive line coach <laughs> from ohio state because i think the gap between larry johnson and some of the other position coaches that are available are significant enough that i want to make sure that i have larry johnson on my staff. Larry Johnson's excellent on the recruiting trail. Larry Johnson has been excellent in terms of player development. He is an institution unto himself. And now Larry Johnson gets to come and saddle up. Uh, we'll, we'll see who ends up being the head coach here, but I believe that there is a significant gap. I had Saban right at the top, but I believe that the gap between Saban and the next best head coaches, which are all excellent and all on my board, I believe that that is um, the, that that allows for me to be able to go ahead and just lock down Larry Johnson, knowing I can get my head coach uh, in a later round. Well, I feel like Bud did last year when Danny took Heartline one, and then he got Saban too. Because now I'm going to get the coach I had at number one on my board. No disrespect to Nick Saban, I'm taking Kirby. All right. <laughs> I mean, I just he just won a national title. He has you know clearly turned around the recruiting process at Georgia and you know like we, we mentioned kind of at the top of the show like last year and this year is different because now it's not so much salesmen as it is you know transactional it's not it's not relationships as much as it's this is what we can do for you that kind of although it's all kind of the same it's just a little more in the open but I feel like Kirby's not only a good game day coach as far as running his program he's also got that kind of vision they've also 
got everything in line to where I'm going to need for my program to not only be competitive on the field, but on the recruiting trail and be able to compete for playoff bursts and national titles. So Nick Saban's gone. Give me Kirby. So we've got Nick Saban's gone one to Danny, Larry Johnson, two to Chip, Kirby Smart, three to Tom. Now, Bud, where are you going to be attacking here? Man, there are so many good choices here. I, I really feel like the, the two that I wanted are, are off the board. Um, and I God, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to pick a head coach because I can wait a little bit. You know, I, I think there's probably yeah. four more choices that I would really want. Uh, so we just talked about the best receiver group in the country and how they lost two first-round draft picks and how they are, you know, still killing it. So I'm going to go with last year's number one overall pick. I'm going to take Brian Hartline at pick number four this year uh, because they do develop their receivers pretty well at Ohio State, and I'm going to lock him down as one of my assistant coaches. You know, feel pretty good about that one. A great recruiter, but also a good developer. And, and I agree, it's it's uh, it's more transactional than it used to be, but I do think it's a little bit different than pro sports in that you're also trying to get developed. So that, that does play into it as well. Uh, so Brian Hartline for me with the number four pick. I mean, he's going to rig- well, hold on. He's going to rigorously defend all of your players on Twitter. Yeah, yes. I was. That's why I, I almost <laughs> I almost took him at number three just to kind of try to squash the beef a little bit. But yeah. you know, I knew you would take Kirby, so I was like, I don't care about the beef that much. The the beef's only only growing. I mean, you you, you <laughs> snubbed him at pick three. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, he was one. Brian was, Hartline hater right here. What, what did Brian Hartline do to drop? He was one last year. They had two first-round draft picks, and now he's fourth? Come on. What are we doing? He's talking shit on Twitter. That's what he did. All right, that's fair. That's fair. And at that I point, I, yeah. Some, now it's about oh. buying. It's about buying, guys. All right, so now you've got the – you're all at the turn. Who is joining the staff with Brian Hartline? You know, something I've noticed is – a lot of these best defensive coordinators got jobs this last year. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Like I yes. thought, our like look at our DC draft last year. Three out of the four guys that went uh, are head coaches now. But the one guy who just keeps crushing it, you know, not necessarily somebody who's bringing in four or five star recruits all the time, but they always have a top five, top ten level <sighs> defense. You son of a! I'm going to Wisconsin. Big I'm taking Jim Leonard. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Leonard, NFL player, NFL coaching, college coaching, guy's a stud. Uh, they adapt to their personnel. We're going to have really good personnel because I'm going to have good recruiters still, and we have a you know a, a big bank. Uh, give me Jim Leonard. Yeah, awesome. was, big 10 homer over here. I was trying to get him on the way back. Even though I had Kirby, I was going to pair him with Jim Leonard. I figured we'd give up five points all season long. You guys might give up negative points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jim Leonard staying at Wisconsin all this time along the same lines of Brent Venable's extended stay at Clemson where some of it has to be motivated by what he wants to do and how comfortable he is in, in that role? I don't I, know. Tommy, you know? I don't know for sure, but the sense that I get is it's not all that different from Venable's. I think that he he he's had plenty of chances, I think, to this point. I know he's had a few, and he's passed on him and they've been decent chances i think he's just waiting to go either a to take over at wisconsin one day or b he's not going to leave that gig for another job unless he feels like that other job has him set up in a way to succeed he's he not- also or sorry 
Go ahead, so he doesn't want to take on like a rebuilding or a reclamation project, like a lower tier program that maybe fired its coach and is coming off a bunch of three win seasons. You know what I mean? He wants to take over a place where they're built and ready to win right away. He also tweets once a year, like it's Groundhog Day. So his tweet, <laughs> his tweet in 2020 uh, was yum at Precision Nutrition. Um, he took 2021 off from tweeting. And then this year, somebody tweeted a photo of him work, working the bags, coaching in his element, and uh, tweeted, I'm not sure how to explain it or what it means, but Jim Leonard looks like a guy who enjoys mowing his lawn. And Jim came out of his 22-month Twitter uh, you know, hiatus, and he tweeted, I'm not sure if this is a compliment or an insult, but I thank you either way. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a compliment. They, somebody who enjoys mowing their lawn like that's i think that those qualities are attractive right you enjoy yeah. the work you enjoy uh accomplishing tasks and, and maybe a little bit of me time some reflection and some time alone just for the hum of the mower yeah and i also like jim leonard might cut his own hair so to me that says like he's spending so much time in the lab he's just an absolute football nerd love it Absolutely. All right. So, Tom, back to you for your second round pick. You've already got Kirby Smart as your head coach. Where are we going? Well, he just took my, was going to be my second round pick. So, I think I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go to the assistant pool. I'm just trying to figure out which one I want. Uh, give me Al Washington, the defensive line coach from Notre Dame. Damn it. Great hire by Marcus Freeman and great pick for Tom Fernelli. 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 Uh, defensive line coach on Freeman's staff, Al Washington. Just, I, I, he's a good coach. He's a good recruiter. He's going to fit the philosophy of what Kirby wants. I'm putting together, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking defense first on this team. Defense and talent. Defense and talent. Uh, me too. I interesting. Uh, defensive line coach uh, Larry Johnson was my first round pick. DC1 has gone off the board. That was Jim Leonard. And I'm, I'm really nervous that I need to go ahead and, and snatch up DC2 because he's pretty high on my priority list. So that's why we're going to go back to the Big Ten and we're going to go grab Phil Parker, defensive coordinator oh. from Iowa. <laughs> great, oh, great Oh, I thought I was going to be able to get him late after Leonard went. No, hi. It was, it was like Leonard or Parker. We want to make sure that we get one of these two coordinators because while... Other defensive coordinators who are going to be drafted, I'm sure, in later rounds are excellent. I I think that that, as I prioritized the defensive coordinator position, that was my top tier. I had those two, and I felt like they were both so strong. Their body of work has been excellent. You can rely, no matter what the personnel is looking like, no matter what the turnover is. I mean, Iowa has... Turnover to, a keyword. You know, yeah, <laughs> but like, think about even the, the Iowa defensive front. I mean, they just have to reload... And they continue to have solid former three stars that are going to be ready to compete at a very high level in the Big Ten. So the from player development uh, to scheme to philosophy, give me Phil Parker, defensive coordinator out of Iowa, as my second round pick. I was thinking, I knew Jim Leonard would go quick because, like Bud was saying, like a lot, the defensive coordinator board this year, not as deep as it has been in recent years because so many of them got hired. But I thought Parker was somebody because, you know, he's an Iowa coach. I figured I'd be able to scoop him maybe in the fourth or fifth round. But wow, good call, Chip. I love the pick, clearly. Great pick. But it did not get in my way of the guy who I want to pick. Because I, I would tend to think that if you're the Ohio State Buckeyes, 
and you have the pockets and resources that they do, and you were in the market for a defensive coordinator, you could go out and pretty much get anybody you wanted. I'm going to go ahead and take who Ryan Day took for his defensive coordinator. Give me Jim Knowles Mm -hmm. as my defensive coordinator. Um, Even going back to Duke, I remember I covered a couple of Duke games when he was there, and Cutcliffe was telling me about him. But then if you look at Oklahoma State, their offense has not been outstanding, but they've still been good uh, as a team. And last year, one of the better defenses in the country – And Ryan Day went out and said, I'm going to fix my problems. And if Ohio State wants to win a national championship, they're going to have to have Jim Knowles have a big year for them. So I'm going to go ahead and take him as my defensive coordinator. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent pick right there. And also, Jim Knowles, so good that he he was able to pluck some of the best players that were still around in Stillwater and say, come with me to Columbus (laughs) to fix the problems. He said, all right, Coach Day, uh, first things first, uh, we're going to need to address this secondary. And by address, I mean with my players. I'm going to bring them, and they're going to come and contribute and help uh, fill things out right here. So three of our first eight picks are Ohio State coaches. Which and none begs of them are question. Ryan Day. Wow. Which begs the question, is Ryan Day overrated? <laughs> <laughs> if, is, is Ryan Day an excellent head coach, or is it more the sum of his parts, as we've seen three, three assistant coaches get drafted before Ryan Day has? He's clearly being propped up by those around him. <laughs> so wait, do we go four if we include Al Washington, who used to be on the Ohio he State? used to be on Ohio State, yeah. I mean... This is just like a f- current and former Buckeyes coaching draft right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm back to back, right? Right. Yeah. So I'll go ahead. We'll get out of the Big Ten. And we'll go to a place and a, a position which I think is of utmost importance along the offensive line. I believe it was a pretty high selection last year. I don't have the list in front of me. But I'll go ahead and take Bill Beatonbaugh at Oklahoma to shore up my offensive line up front. I know a lot of Sooners fans were wondering and worried if he was going to leave with Lincoln Riley in that mass exodus, and they were fired up to see him stay, and Brent Venables was a big reason uh, that he stayed there too. So I'm going to get into Bill Beanball as my offensive line coach. I, I like how Oklahoma fans had like the two tweets ready. Like, Granted, he didn't want to go with that traitor out west, and the other tweet, which is probably still in the drafts, is like, Overrated, you know, fell off the last year. <laughs> but that because the offensive line, like, was the best in the country two years ago, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly the Jalen, one of them, yeah. The Jalen Hurts year for sure felt like that was, um, they, they were just mowing people down up front and really helping that run game get going. But I, I still had him highly ranked highly on my board, Danny, because of the body of work, right? Mm-hmm. He's just, been so consistent at fielding good offensive line. I think if you polled coaches across the country, like who's the best offensive line coach in the country, he would come up at least in the top two or three, uh, and probably three at the at the worst case scenario. Excellent. I actually did that this morning. Oh, you did? Texas yeah, and coaches? I, I asked some of the offensive line coaches who, who have been finalists for the Joe Moore Award. I was like, all right, not including yourself. Like, who, who's the other line coaches you watch that you think are the best? Right, and there was like there was like six names everybody listed. Mm. he's on there. There's only four of us. <laughs> we'll see if we end up lining up with uh, your straw poll. So Danny, uh, as we sit here in the third round, has Nick Saban as his head coach, Jim Knowles as his defensive coordinator, Bill Biedenball as his offensive line coach. Uh, I am on the clock. I've got Larry Johnson as my defensive line coach, Phil Parker as my defensive coordinator. 
and I'm going to go, um, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with the assistants. I'm going to bring in somebody who, you know, re really might be a little bit more of a floater here, uh, leans a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball. You know, he, he can, he can help out in a lot of different places, but wherever, whoever my head coach is, they're going to have a, a nice little boost from uh, my assistant to the head coach. Give me Gary Patterson joining the staff. He can help out with the DBs. He can help out with the head coaching decisions. And uh, and he can also help out on the recruiting trail um, as he has already been willing to, you know, pose in all the pictures and, and take part in all the uh, all, all the all of the show that goes into uh, our official visits. So give me all of his experience, his knowledge, his game planning. I'll take Gary Patterson, assistant head coach from Texas, as one of my wildcard selections. Is he going to be like changing shirts at halftime whenever, anytime you're losing? If needed, mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, if we've seen it work. So it's not going to be the Alamo Bowl every Saturday. I mean, we're hoping that we don't need shirts changed because we've been able to be so dominant on the defensive line and the defense in general with Phil Parker and Larry Johnson. But yeah, give me Gary Pat. Hell of a defensive staff building there, Chip. <laughs> you guys gonna just like punt? You gonna well, try to score any points at it at some point? Maybe not. We've got the Iowa influence. We might be punting from plus territory. I saw, <laughs> may, maybe I'm gonna um maybe I'm gonna go pull never mind, I'm not gonna trash. <laughs> maybe I'm gonna draft Mike Denbrock, okay? And maybe we will be really conservative. I will say, can we just talk about how odd it is to see Gary Patterson in like Texas shirts? Yes, that's what I was thinking. That's why he was at the top of mind. I was like, you know who's going to be a position coach who's available in this? It's Gary Patterson. Because just, he, he used to hate or love beating Texas. Mm -hmm. And now he's... And you see him giving like the horns up and you're like, wait, what? It's not that different from the frog. Now it's just like this. You just kind of open the fingers a little bit. Oh, the... Because you've got to have your 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 fingers crooked down for the frog, yeah, right? Yeah, and you got like the little circle thing going, and you get like this. But then with the horns up, it's just like this. He's ready to go. Mm -hmm. uh, all right, so let's. Uh, thank you, producer Jordan. We've got for those who are watching live, we've got the board up on the screen uh, again. Danny with Nick Saban, Jim Knowles, and Bill Beanball. Chip's got Larry Johnson, Phil Parker, Gary Patterson. Tom, you've got Kirby Smart and Al Washington, defensive line coach from Notre Dame. Bud's got Brian Hartline and Jim Leonard. Tom, you are on the clock. Uh, I'm going to go to another assistant position coach. This guy is an excellent recruiter. He has done a – he's been a big part of a turnaround of an SEC program, helping build this into one of the – you know, more solid, better programs in the conference when nobody expected it to be. I'm taking the tight ends coach from Kentucky, Vince Marrow. Oh, that is a good pick. I mean, he's the secret sauce for, I mean, he's been there since 2013. Basically, the entire rise that he's been there, he's been one of the key uh, coordinators. Mm -hmm. you know, we we know a lot of key players to help build, turn that program around. Helps he has helped keep the focus on the trenches. I, I had him highly rated on my board as well. Uh, I like uh, I like that pick a lot. Bud, the turn to you. All right, so <clears throat> I'm going to take the, the the only guy left who has won multiple national titles, <laughs> and who I I think does foster a, a culture where his guys play really hard for him. You know. 
And because I'm helping him pick the coordinators, I'm not really worried about him just promoting anybody from within. And I like that he is, I like that they're now maybe a little more open to doing the transfer portal and, uh, and that, that they're open to actually using summer official visits now, uh, like the rest of the sport. So give me Dabo Swinney as my head coach here. Dabo infamously went undrafted last year, got a lot of angry tweets about it. <laughs> Deservedly yeah. so, by the way. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah, that- but. We were we we were just we were out we were, we were trending in the wrong direction on uh, on Dabo Sweeney. That's fair, all right. We we're trending in the wrong direction. We talked to each other too much. We were looking for something new and shiny. I'm glad he got selected. He is he is on my board. He is a deserved pick here in the Cover Three Coach Draft. He is a he's a top four coach. He should he should be selected in in this draft. He's I took Bud's number two coach. Bud took my number two coach in our coach rankings balance. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Now, because Dabo is not a play caller, I, I actually did think about taking Ryan Day over him, but at the same time, I like Dabo's more accomplished, obviously, and Dabo doesn't really meddle with the offense as much. I, I don't, I don't think. Not that Day meddles because he's obviously like a really, really good offensive coach. So I, I, I want Ryan Day involved with the offense as much as possible, unless I'm running a system, which I'm going to do that my OC knows the ins and outs of, and I just want him because I think he could put, you know. Denny Holdy, 40, 46? 40, yeah. Okay, that's a pretty good guess. You could put 46-year-old Denny Canella QB, and Denny could still throw for 3,000 yards in the SEC because this offense is a literal cheat code in college football. I am taking Kendall Miles from Arkansas. So, I mean, guys, I'm going to have Brian Hartline's receivers he recruits with Dabo's motivation in Kendall Bryles' offense. With Jim Leonard stopping stopping the ball on the other side, I'm I'm into this. Let's do this thing. Tom, back to you. All right. Well, since the guy I was hoping to take is my OC, just got taken. I'm gonna go with another assistant. I'm gonna. I've got two. I need one more. I'm gonna take a guy that has synergy with Kirby. They've worked together. They're familiar with each other. He has proven to be an excellent recruiter during his time, and he's also proven to be an excellent developer, as we have seen numerous players at the position he is in charge of head on to the NFL and have successful careers. I am taking running backs coach from the University of Georgia, Del McGee. McGee. That's a hell of a pick. (laughs) He went last year, didn't he? Didn't he go pretty high last year? I drafted him last year, I'm pretty sure. Let me check. Yeah, I took Dell last year, too. In the first round. Same round. So we're sitting here in the fourth round uh, of six. Uh, Bud has his head coach filled with Dabo Swinney in the third, his offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles, in the fourth, his defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard, in the second, and his wide receivers coach, one of three wild cards, Brian Hartline, in the first. Tom has Kirby Smart as his head coach in the first, and he's got three position coaches all filled. He's got Al Washington from Notre Dame at defensive line, Vince Marrow, tight ends from Kentucky, Del McGee, running backs from Georgia. I am on the clock. Already got Larry Johnson, defensive line coach from Ohio State, Phil Parker, my defensive coordinator from Iowa, Gary Patterson, assistant head coach at Texas. It's time for me to address uh, the offensive coordinator position as well, which I will do with Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator at Baylor. I thought that would happen. I took the chance. What are you going to do? 
Oh, you mean by passing on an offensive coordinator, you're going to miss out on I mean, Jeff Grimes? Yeah, both you and Danny need one, so I figured there was a very good chance he wouldn't come back to me. But I've got other names on my list that I'd be happy to have running my offense, so good pick. Yeah, I'm a little bummed about that one. <laughs> you're a big well, Grimes um, guy. You, yeah, I'm a big Grimes guy, but I have a good one in my back pocket just in case. Are you going to pass ahead. on O-line? Chip? Me? Oh, Chip. Oh, because Grimes because, is O-line. Because Grimes is an O-line coach, yeah. Right. I thought about doing that. Yeah. It, it gives me some flexibility because I've already got two of my three wild cards picked. And so, you know, if I need to pass on offensive line, I do have one offensive line coach still that I really, really like, but it just might not end up breaking that way. Might have other needs. And Grimes can fill that if needed. Um. All right. I'll go ahead and get my offensive coordinator out of the way. We're going to have some synergy, too, out in Norman, Oklahoma because I'm going to stay with the Sooners staff and go ahead and take one Jeff Lebby, who, going back to Dylan Gabriel, there's some synergy there as well when they were together at UCF, had Dylan Gabriel's best season, then goes to Ole Miss, has an incredible season with them, couple seasons with them. Matt Corral gets drafted. They have one of the prolific offenses in the country, lead Ole Miss to a historic season. Um I'm going to take Jeff Levy. Love the system. I feel like it's pretty similar to the Kendall Bryles pick. Like, look at where he's been, plugged in the offense. There's been a ton of success. So I'm going to go ahead and knock out my offensive coordinator there, and him and Bill Biedenbaugh can be perfect calling those plays lined up with the protections up front. Because you don't want you don't want to have a you don't want to have a relationship that's got a little friction between the OC and the offensive play caller. So we're going to have perfect synergy between those two. And no, then you, you yeah. got that. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go for my position coach. I'm going to go to the defensive line. And my last two picks are going to be culture picks because there is a program that has a culture problem, and it's been lasting now for quite a long time. But only one coach was willing to call it out. And even though he was videoed by the players on his team, I love – what I heard from Bo Davis, the defensive line coach from the University of Texas, who is also, by the way, one of the highest paid position coaches in the country. But I, all I need to do is hear that speech that he gave his players saying, just chewing them out, much deserved. They needed to hear it. He's going to be a big part of the Texas turnaround in my mind. So give me Bo Davis, defensive line, Texas. Good pick. Very good pick. All right, Steve, he could play the bad cop role for you. Yeah, that way, that way, the players come into your like, oh, Coach <laughs> Davis was mean to me. Yeah. <laughs> he's worked under Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been a, his uh, his resume. I mean, this is one of the things I don't think people appreciate when you go look at coaches where they've been, how many stops he's had to make uh, since he started as a GA at LSU. Like, went to high school ranks, back to LSU as a strength coach. Then he was with the Dolphins then followed Nick to Alabama, then to Texas before, back to Alabama, Jacksonville in the NFL, UTSA, Detroit Lions for a couple of years, and then back to Texas. And that's all these coaches would have similar you know, stops along the way. So it brings me to my fifth round pick. I, I could hold the – everybody's got a head coach except for me. I could hold the head coach until the end. But I do think that would be disrespectful. I just, I, I just think that it would be fundamentally disrespectful for this head coach to be selected next to last in the draft. And the reason I think it would be disrespectful is because the man 
has only lost four times in 38 games. He has played, he's been the head coach for 24 conference games, and he only lost one of them, and it just happened. And based on what we saw after that loss, I don't think that it's like, oh, we've hit the tipping point. Now we're going to go and see this team lose a bunch of conference games. No, they're they're a pick to get back to the college football playoff. They're a pick to win the national championship. We've selected so many of his current and former assistants. I joked, is Ryan Day overrated? The answer is no. He is worthy of respect and worthy of the respect to make sure that he doesn't get picked in the final round. I will go with Ryan Day, head coach. Ohio State University. So you're worried about make, taking him second to last would be disrespectful, but you're not as worried about him being like the ninth coach on his staff drafted to be disrespectful. <laughs> Listen, it would just be something on the surface of uh, like last round pick Ryan Day that just it stings too much. And I need to make sure that I show him uh, the kind of confidence that Ohio State did when they promoted him to be able to take over the program and get the keys to uh, get get the keys to the car. But I think while his pride might be wounded a bit by being the second to last pick, I think that as a play caller, as a game theorist, somebody trying to figure out the right move, I think he would have understood he would have why he it. was the second to last pick. But yeah, so yeah, but you might have cost yourself a position coach you really wanted, Chip. Yeah, I, I really, really doubt that uh, that y'all are going to be coming for some of these position coaches. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, well, game theory goes out the window for me because I need – each coordinator and Bud already has his coordinators picked. So I will go with the offensive coordinator first. I will take a guy who I took last year, who proved again last year why I enjoy his offense so much because it does, it's a modern kind of spread principles, but there's a lot of power run to it. There's a lot of strength, a lot of physicality. And I think it meshes well with what we're going to be doing in our at Fernelli Tech this year. Give me Utah offensive coordinator Andy Ludwig. Mm. He hasn't had like like ever since getting promoted at Utah, it's been good. Mm-hmm. Like it's a first, good offense every year. Explosive, yeah. But they they still they get they deal with injury issues. They deal with all kinds of setbacks, and they might have a couple bad games, but they they seem to to get their footing. Yep. Gonna give him some talent. Give him, you know, some, some great players around him. We're going to give him a great defense, play some complimentary football. He's going to score a lot of points. We're not going to give up many. All right, Bud, at the corner, uh, for those listening, uh, if you're watching right now on YouTube.com slash Cover 3 or all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network, Bud has Brian Hartline, Jim Leonard, Dabo Sweeney, and Kendall Bryles. That is his head coach, his offensive coordinator, his defensive coordinator, his wide receiver coach. He is on the clock for the final pick of round five, the first pick of round six, and they will be wild cards. What are they, who's it going to be? All right, so I already got an offensive assistant. I'm going to go ahead and take a defensive assistant here. There's three guys left that I think are, are, are pretty obvious for me. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Todd Bates, uh, who did a great job recruiting at Oklahoma uh, when Brent Venables got hired. The number one guy I heard he was going to take with him uh, was Todd Bates. I think he's a quality coach and recruiter. So Todd Bates done a good job for a long time. I think he's still got his fastball. Todd Bates for me. Uh, defensive line coach and uh, which works because you know Jim Leonard can help help with the secondary obviously I, I don't think you want to go like D coordinator who's a D line guy and then take a D line guy because your secondary is just like p- p- player coach I guess uh, 
So it's important to match that, match that kind of stuff up. Uh, and then I need to take, for my final pick here, there's so many good coaches on the board with offensive line. Um, but one I want to recognize who I think does a tremendous job with a bunch of guys who are you know, two- and three-star players. Typically, uh, and this is one of my favorite offenses in college football to watch, uh, Jim McCalzick at Oregon State. They've been a finalist for the Joe Moore Award. When I talked to some other offensive line coaches this morning, he's on the West Coast, so I didn't get to text him. You know, It'd be like 5.30 in the morning when I was sending these out. Um, but he was on everybody's list. And I looked at it, and like, the player development's been very good. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They open up holes. They, their technique is good. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that pick. Hmm. I Caught me off guard, and that's not meant to be disrespectful. And you reached out to coaches, and coaches say they like what he's doing. Um, that's a that's a deep cut, and I respect it. I might have to pay more attention to Oregon State's offensive line this year. Um. All right, Beavers in the books to round out Bud's draft. Todd Bates, uh, defensive line coach at Oklahoma, and like you mentioned, went with Brent Venables. So all of those nasty defensive linemen from Clemson that were winning national championships in there from 16 and 18. Yeah, that's uh, Todd Bates often gets a, a nice little hat tip for helping recruit and develop those guys as well. All right, Tom, sixth round pick. Where are we going? The three defensive coordinators that have been taken in this draft were all on my board. I was comfortable with all of them going, though, because there is a kind of along the lines of buds here. There's a wild card on my board. I didn't think anybody else was going to pick, but I felt like was a very solid pick. He's not exactly nationally known yet. And while this is going to seem like a homer pick right now, I guarantee you a couple years down the road, this won't be a homer pick. This will be a name that is recognized. It is a guy who has been offered head coaching jobs already. He has coordinated defenses in the SEC. Last year, he coordinated a defense in the Big Ten. And it was one of the more interesting and entertaining defenses that I saw all year. They were doing stuff that I haven't really seen other programs do yet that was just kind of confusing to me. I didn't understand it. I watched it, figured it out, learned it. Huh. They also made changes in season when they saw things weren't working and it completely turned the defense around. And that's something I wanted a defensive coordinator, somebody who's able to adjust to his opponent, to his players, to make things work. I am taking Illinois defensive coordinator wow. Ryan Walters. Mm. Was very good at Missouri, I thought too. Mm hmm. And he turned like he turned Kirby Joseph was a former wide receiver who really didn't have a home on the roster in the previous coaching staff, he turned him into a, like a third round pick at safety <laughs> and he got the absolute best out of him. He took a very young, inexperienced secondary, got a lot out of him. It's just, it was, it was a, the Illinois defense last year was good without that defense. Like there's no way that team's winning five games. So as, as I'm looking at my board, so Tom has rounded out Kirby smart as his head coach, offensive coordinator, Andy Ludwig, defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters. His assistants are Al Washington, defensive line coach, Notre Dame, Vince Morrow, tight ends coach at Kentucky, Del McGee, running backs coach at Georgia. Uh, I'm approached my last pick currently have Ryan day as my head coach. Offensive coordinator is Jeff Grimes, defensive coordinators, Phil Parker, Larry Johnson, defensive line coach, Gary Patterson, assistant to the head coach, so I need one more wild card pick. And I'm, I'm looking at my group, and you know, I, Grimes can really help with the offensive line. 
you know, Ryan Day with some of the, you know, game planning and, and play calling. And defensively, feel really confident with Phil Parker, Gary Patterson, Larry Johnson. I mean, that's just you can really count on what's going to happen there. So I'm starting to look and I'm like, man, I, I might be a little lacking in somebody that can go down into South Florida, talent rich South Florida, and clean up. Somebody that might understand how to play the transactional game of modern college football recruiting. Don't do it. Maybe I need to go to Texas ATM and maybe I need to get James Coley, tight ends coach, and recruiting ace to round out my staff. Mm. You did not take who I thought you were going to take. Well, I've already got a defensive line coach. No, I know. I got a wild card in my back pocket. Danny's so mad he unplugged his microphone. I think it switched to your headphones or, or your computer mic, but we're, we're on the last pick. So. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, now I'm back. Yeah, now you're back. Yeah, so I got James Coley to round it out. Okay, good. Because you the way you were presenting it, and I thought you were going to have the ultimate homer pick, and that's what that's what kind of had my, my wheels spinning because I need somebody as well that's great on the recruiting trail that knows how to – that also has a little NFL experience behind to sell that. I'm going to go with one, Dre Bly. UNC. UNC. That's who I thought you were going to set it up with. One of the better recruiters in the country, can also coach my DBs. He was a second-round pick, had a nice little NFL career, is doing an outstanding job. He's learned from one of the best in Mac Brown. He's going to round out my staff nicely, Dre Bly. I – I, I, he was, the, I thought I had him put aside as like my little like Homer pick. I'm glad he got selected because he, he is more, he was more than a Homer pick. He's mm-hmm. a, he's a worthy assistant on the rise and somebody who you should definitely keep your eyes on for sure. Coming up on the other side, we will break down our full coaching staffs with some grades and one of our favorite parts, the coaches who didn't get named and some debates on like, I don't know, no Josh Gaddis. What does that say? All that and more next. So we'll call this up right now. Um, we'll, we'll get to the head coaching discussion, but probably in just a second. But first, uh, Danny's team, Nick Saban, in, in order that he drafted. Nick Saban, head coach, Jim Knowles, defensive coordinator, Bill Biedenball, offensive line, Jeff Lebby, offensive coordinator, Bo Davis, defensive line, Dre Bly, defensive backs. Chip's got Larry Johnson, defensive line, Phil Parker, defensive coordinator, Gary Patterson, assistant head coach, Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator, Ryan Day, head coach, James Coley, tight ends coach. Tom's got Kirby Smart, head coach, Al Washington, defensive line, Vince Morrow on at tight ends, Del McGee at running backs, Andy Ludwig, offensive coordinator, Ryan Walters at defensive coordinator, Bud's got Brian Hartline at wide receivers coach, uh, Jim Leonard, defensive coordinator, Dabo Sweeney, head coach, Kendall Bryles, offensive coordinator, Todd Bates, Todd Bates, defensive line coach, and Jim McCalzick. McCalzick? That's it? McCalzick. McCalzick, yeah. Jim McCalzick, offensive line, Oregon State. Bites is actually a great name for a defensive line coach. Todd Bites. <laughs> hey, Bites. Um, yeah, so I would say, obviously, my, my team is awesome. Uh, as the chat mentioned earlier, you know, we might be winning games 13 to 10, 9 to 7. But as long as they're wins, I'm going to be okay with that. You know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily uh, going for blowouts here. I feel like the the most explosive, um, the most explosive offense is undoubtedly going to be Bud. I don't know if Jim Leonard's going to be able to know what to do 
coaching on the other side of an offense that moves with that kind of pace and doesn't give his defense, you know, some time to recuperate like he's used to with the with the Badgers. I, I don't know where, where, what jumps out to everybody looking at the board. Uh, I will quote twenty four sevens Cooper Patania, who retweeted our show with Tom is building a recruiting dynasty. <laughs> oh, Cooper Patagna loving the if if Cooper's giving you the shout out, then that's that's that, that is an endorsement that I, I would definitely put on uh, the back of your book. It's, it might be different ways of getting it, but you still got to get the talent if you're going to win. And that's what we were doing. And I, I feel like I got Kirby there to, with the vision. I got my recruiters and then I got my coordinators who might not have been the highest coordinators in anybody's board, but they're perfectly great at their jobs and they're going to do wonderful for us with the talent that we give them and we are going to win a lot of games and chip's going to be watching us playing in primetime after his team plays that new Dude. game on big 10 network <laughs> hey listen shout out to the big 10 uh john points out in the chat all four coordinators are from the big 10 mm-hmm. wow the defensive coordinators yeah well it's, it's the conference of defense the sec <laughs> they play that sissy offense ball we play defense in the big 10 <laughs> but it's, you know we, we mentioned the defensive coordinators that recently got head coaching jobs right that's mm-hmm. you know we we lose all these names that we're used to seeing so what does your brain do it goes back to the big 10 to get the best available coordinators there I may have Nick Saban, but you took the I think the Gary Patterson selection was genius, especially where you got him. He was somebody that kind of just got to me, got overlooked as I was researching this, you know, looking at great coordinators, great uh, position coaches, and he just kind of fell through the cracks. But you just got like Nick Saban amasses coaches with a wealth of coaching experience, isn't intimidated by him, and you're not either, Chip. So you, I think that might have been one of the better selections of the draft as a position coach to have Gary Patterson on your staff. Well done. Yeah, you can float. You know, that's mm-hmm. I, th- I think that's his job is just to go in and offer his wisdom. And look, if if he needs to break out the guitar and sing some songs for you know just general team morale, we're okay with that too. <laughs> but you got any thoughts on uh, on the on the board as a whole? How everybody's looking stacking up against each other? I mean, I I think everybody drafted much better uh, than they did last year overall. I mean, and and there were certain positions last year that were more loaded. I mean, last year. It was almost impossible to make a bad pick at DC because you you still had um, mm-hmm. you know, like Venables was was still coaching. Georgia still had had its defensive coordinator. You know a lot of those guys were, were still around. Um, those guys got hired as, and, and Marcus Freeman obviously you know as as well. Those guys got uh, got hired away. Um, but I thought this year was tougher, and yet uh, like overall, uh, y'all were taking my picks quite often, so that was annoying to me, which. If you're taking my picks, I'm going to think you're you're having a great draft, right? <laughs> That's how it works. Yes. Um, yeah. Alex. I will point. Out, I will point out the position that we ignored this year of special teams slash strength coach experience. Who I did select with my last pick, and Scott Cochran did win a national championship. So we can bag on that pick all we want, but <laughs> he was a crucial part of that Georgia championship. Yeah, I mean he was. It was, a, it, was, it was a part of it. I don't know about crucial. <laughs> only only two coaches from a national title staff last year were drafted, and I took two of them. Of course, one of them left to become a head coach. So, yeah, but still. No, but like no Todd Munkin. No. No Todd Munkin. Um, the, uh, on the offensive uh, coordinator side of it, Josh Gaddis also not taken. Um, I had Warren Ruggiero on my board. Yep. Like. You know this. It, it's Jeff hard. Gitley? 
I had Kitley on my board. I almost yeah. pulled the trigger on Kitley instead of Levy just to not be too Oklahoma centric, but I need to see one more year. I think, you know, let's see how he does at Texas Tech. I think I I think they'll have a pretty high powered offense, but I got to see it for a year at this level. Alex Grinch, stock dropping? No. I just think that I mean, if obviously mine Ryan Walters probably people would have Grinch higher than Walters on their board, but I'm I'm really high on Walters, and I think if you look at the other three defensive coordinators, it's hard to say any of them are bad picks. Yeah, Alex did Grinch. You, you know, go ahead, but or did you guys have um, DCs? I had Zach Arnett, Ron Roberts, the Baylor DC. Zach Arnett's at Mississippi State. He, he was at San Diego State. Did a great job out there, and then uh, Barry Odom as well. Was, was mm-hmm. Barry Odom was kind of my backup. Like if, if y'all had taken Jim Leonard. I had Barry Odom second. Very, very good pick. Mike Tressel at Cincinnati also made my uh, short list. That's a, uh, I feel like he's done a, a pretty good job there. There was a, uh, go ahead. I was going to say the only OC on my board who didn't get taken was Tommy Reese. Mm. Mm. I had him up there too. Why? Josh Gaddis wasn't on my board as the Burles Award winner. Um, I don't know. Why, why did you guys not? Did you get was or maybe he was up next in one of yours, but he was he not. Was OC, I had him OC three. I had him yeah. I had Grimes and Bryles ahead of him, but I had him next up. I just I didn't I was I didn't put a whole lot of offensive coordinators on my board because I knew I only needed four at most. So it's yeah. really nothing. It's just and Gaddis wasn't in my top four. It's really all it is. Would would he be like if how how far would you have to build it out? Because we've you know we have the obviously you got Andy Ludwig. Um, Jeff Lebby out there. Like, would you, where would you have slotted him based on what we saw from the draft? I don't know. I, for me, like, I don't think that I, I like Gaddis. It's just, I don't know if he ever really was able to establish his offense at Michigan. You know, that and there's my like, reason. Yeah. And oh, there yeah. are other guys who I know exactly what I'm going to get from their offense, which is makes them more attractive to me just because I, I know what I'm getting and I know what I'm looking for. For Gaddis, I felt like, I don't know, like especially in 2021, I don't know how much of that was him. I think he was calling the plays, but I think that there was, you know, a little more emphasis on running the ball from his head coach than there might have been from his choice. I had to stare down a a Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, Jimbo Fisher. Does anybody who else like deserves a spot when it comes to that fourth uh when it comes to that fourth head coach? Brian Kelly or no? Yeah, yeah, Lincoln, Kelly, I had Fickle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of where my list stopped there. Um, did you guys have Matt House at D.C.? No. Mm-mm. He's a LSU's D.C. He was Stoops' D.C. before he went to uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and then came back for a year. I, he's a guy that I think may be on this list next year. I just – I. I went a little deeper on DC because I had to think about it. O- OC, I thought was kind of fairly obvious. There was like seven guys. Um, I will say position coaches. It didn't work out that way because of the way I had to draft things. Because you guys went all your coordinators early, so I wanted to load up on position coaches. But I did want to get like I had Marco Coleman from Michigan State. I had a couple Michigan State assistants on there because just based on what Michigan State is doing on the recruiting trail right now, I felt like I should get somebody from that staff on my staff. So I wanted to shout them out. I had Chris Kapilovic, the offensive line coach at Michigan State, on my watch list. Um, the you mentioned the position coaches. Like, if somebody trots out Charles Kelly, we were all going to be like, "Yep, uh huh, mm-hmm. yep, there you go." 
uh, defensive backs coach at Alabama, Elijah Robinson, a defensive line coach at Texas A&M, Freddie Roach, defensive line coach at Alabama. Like there, we said that all the you know defensive coordinators were taken from the Big Ten. We we could have had a whole draft of SEC position coaches. Yes, I mean some of that is how we value recruiting. Some of that is the money that SEC position coaches are getting paid in terms of it just being you know a little bit higher up the food chain, at least in terms of your paycheck. I did have Dre Bly uh, high on my list. I'm glad that he got selected. Um, Kale Gundy, wide receiver coach at Oklahoma. Dante Williams, defensive backs coach at USC. Uh, who else? Anybody else on the uh, position coach list that you were sad? Did you weren't able to get just based on the way the draft broke? Uh, Juwan Sider, Penn State, Jamila Dye, Georgia. Those are a couple of names still on my board. Uh, Georgia's defensive line coach Todd Hartley. I thought was like. James Cole is being slandered in the chat for Jalen Watermeyer, but I think Jalen Watermeyer running a terrible 40 time is probably what caused him to go undrafted, not James Coley. Just just a thought there, guys, maybe. But Todd Hartley's a really good recruiter for UGA, and obviously like their tight end room is is sick. Uh, Dante Williams at USC, obviously Oklahoma fans would probably endorse just how good he is at recruiting. Um, those are some dudes I, I had on mine. Uh, and then running down the O-line coach list, Justin Fry, I thought was a great hire by, by Ohio State. He did a great job at UCLA. Um, Henson at USC, who I picked last year uh, at, at Texas A&M. Uh, Harry Highstand at Notre Dame. Alex Mirabal at Miami. Uh, Eric Mateos at Baylor. And then Sharon Moore uh, at Michigan. Mm-hmm. Were, were guys that got listed pretty often as well as, you know, Beatonball uh, and, and Jim. So Beatonball did end up getting – like he he was yeah. getting the other offensive line coach support from the offensive line coaches that you were you were t- you reaching out and talking to. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. Um, all right. Any other any other names or surprises before we get on out of here? Nope. I don't see it. The Dre Bob, Vince Mayer, Dante Williams. I think pretty much everybody we've mentioned. We'll get to get to hear from uh, Texas A and M coaches fans. We get to hear from. Who else didn't get picked? This is going to be mad. LSU. LSU. Brian Kelly. Brian yeah, Kelly. but they hired Mike Denbrock. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're not going to pick Mike Denbrock. Yeah. Did I did I not take Lincoln Riley because I'd be afraid he'd leave in the middle of the night? Maybe. <laughs> no USC coaches? No. None? Nope. No USC coaches. Is, who's the, is Lincoln offensive coordinator and head coach for USC? I assume so. He's got to be right. I mean, is, even if there's somebody in title, like he's got, you're not going to pick. You're not going to pick the OC if Lincoln Riley's the head coach, right? Like, who's yeah. the OC at Ohio State? I, I don't know. We're not, we're not picking Kevin Wilson. Oh, it is Kevin Wilson. Mm-hmm. No. Like, no offense to Kevin Wilson, but like everybody knows, that's Ryan Day's offense they're running. Yeah. That's without a doubt. One more time, uh, Danny was able to get Nick Saban. Chip got Ryan Day. Tom got Kirby Smart. Bud got Dabo Sweeney. Those are your head coaches. Offensive coordinators, Jeff Levy, Jeff Grimes. Danny got Jeff Levy. Chip got Jeff Grimes. Tom got Andy Ludwig. And Bud got Kendall Bryles at the defensive coordinator position. Uh, Jim Knowles goes to Danny and Phil Parker to Chip. Then Ryan Walters to Tom and Jim Leonard to Bud. The wild cards for Danny starts with Bill Biedenball on the offensive line, Bo Davis on the defensive line, Dre Bly at defensive backs. Uh, For Chip, Gary Patterson, assistant head coach. 
then Dyer Johnson, defensive line, James Coley, tight ends, and Cruton. Uh, Tom has Al Washington at defensive line, Vince Merrow at tight end, Del McGee at running back, and Bud's got Brian Hartline. Shout out, Brian Hartline. Come slide up in the DMs uh, at wide receivers. Todd Bates at defensive line, and Jim McCalchick at offensive line. Coach draft in the books. We will get a chance to sort of uh, have a big review of all these drafts from the quarterbacks to the pass catchers to the Oklahoma drill and now the coach draft. Sort of give uh, our listeners an idea of where our preferences lie heading into the 2022 season, how these drafts ended up going. But tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern time, we'll be diving back into the big old bag of mail. Best way for you to join the mailbag is to leave a five-star review and put your question in that review. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.